I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about power, backup power to be more specific. We're chatting about elements of backup power, what a UPS does, and what to consider when getting backup power for your business. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to ensure continuous power for your critical IT systems. I'm joined by Jakke Deploy, Product Manager for Eaton Electric. Uh, Jakke, welcome. Thank you for having me over this morning, Jakke. So we always start with a little bit, bit of a background. So uh, how long have you been in the game? And So with Eaton, I've been been around 15 years. Okay. I'm joining them, so uh, work away around. So from now, I'm holding the product management position for the power quality division within Eaton. So looking after all the backup uh, equipment like UPSs, PDUs, and so forth. And I assume uh, based on where we are with load shedding, it must be uh, all of the years of advocating for backup power is coming to fruition now. Yeah, quite. So that's the fastest way people un- uh, sort of come to the know that they need need, a, need to have a UPS as soon as they start either while sitting without power or they have damaged equipment. Ah, okay. So we're going to get to that. And I mean, I think, I think that was specifically why this was such a topical uh, subject for me. Um, so how does a business ensure continuous power for the, um, for the key infrastructure? What, what are those components that make up backup power? So there's a couple of things that you need to understand from a UPS point of view, that a UPS is just not uh, uh, giving battery backup. I mean, that's one element to a UPS. But technically, you have sort of nine common power issues, and the UPS firstly is addressing all those issues. And power failure, which we're all familiar, is just one, one of the eight problems. And the problems with the other eight, you don't really see them, but they're just as harmful for your equipment or your business. Okay, can you name those for us? Yeah, so the obvious one is um, power failure. That's obviously the power goes off and there's no lights. Then we, in the next one, we have power surge um, and then power sag. So power surge is when you're getting over voltage into into your building. Is, is that when, the, I assume that's when the power comes back on? Back on or back off. Okay. Um, or back on or off. But it also happens when you have a bit of lightning in, in, ah. in the area as well. So if you understand how a contactor work, when it opens or close, as soon as it pulls apart or get in, uh, closer to each other, the, the power flashes over and that is causing surges and spikes down the line. So it's easy. In, I don't know if you're in the middle of the night ever switched on a little light switch and you see that little blue spark behind it. Yes. So typically that is what is happening when they're switching these MW switch gears. Okay. And if you're down the line, first in line, that's generally when the equipment blows. Okay. Right, and then the next one? Uh, power sacks and, uh, and power surges that or over voltage, that is prolonged periods of having under voltage or over voltage. We generally see it in industrial areas um, where in the morning everybody is at work, then you consume a lot of power, there's pressure on the grid, then you have under voltage, and then 
Christmas evening you go home, there's no power consumption or the load is decreased, and then you have overvoltage for a period of time. And technically, if you have very sensitive equipment, uh, it doesn't like all these various um, power issues you have. And then some of the other issues are... Or switching noises, transient noises. Um, the other big one is frequency variation. That generally you get when you run a generator on the backside. So instead of getting a stable 230 volts out, you have fluctuations um, on, on the voltage and your frequency, which is not good for IT equipment. So, um, and you've highlighted such an important thing for me um, where we always think that uh, the UPS is just there to make sure that you're, you you have a little bit more of continuous power and all that type of stuff. But all of these other elements that you spoke about now has an effect on the lifespan of the of the equipment that sits behind that. Uh, correct. So um, if you don't protect against it, your, your equipment age or overheat eventually and then start breaking. So switching um, a transient. Those are generally killers of power supplies to any equipment, whether it's your PC um, or any device that's got a power supply in. Okay, and, so and you need to protect against those power issues. So so let's go really, really basic. We like to make things practical. So how would you explain what, what a UPS and what it does? So a UPS, what it does, if you look at an online UPS, it will take power from ESCOM, the 230 volts that you get. It will convert it then to DC power, and then it would convert the DC power right back to AC power. So now we in control, or the UPS is in control of the output. So online UPS will always give you 230 volts at 50 hertz constantly, and that is typically the power that all your IT equipment need. So irrelevant if your supply or utility provider is fluctuating up or down, the UPS will always give you stable power on the outside. So so that sits between the the power utility that comes in and in the the, the equipment. The equipment in your in your office. Correct. And and um how do you how do you then go um there's then different sizes of UPS. So how do you know what the correct size UPS is to get for your business. Okay. So first, first before we look at sizing, there's actually free topologies when it comes to UPS. Okay. So your entry-level stuff is so offline, line interactive UPSs. That is typically what a homeowner will use or you just powering a little desktop and so forth. Okay. And then you get sort of your high-end entry-level in the line interactive, which is pure sine wave. And then for all your critical devices and equipment, generally then you have online UPS um, from from there. So and what is that? What is the offline and online? What does that mean? So offline, what it happens, it monitors the input power. It allows certain percentages of fluctuation in voltage and frequency. If it's then out of spec, the UPS then only transfers to battery during that period. Um, that typically, if you have non-critical devices, there's a switching time of a couple of milliseconds to go from from the utility back onto battery. But if you have sensitive equipment, you do not want to see that switching time, especially in a setup of a year with sound or ultrasound. Um, you get a lot of disturbance during that switching um, uh, period. Where online UPS, that's why the name is online or double conversion. It is always on. There's no switching time. 
So that is typically more for your critical equipment. So that always buffers the e- electricity coming in? Yeah, it always converts the UPS from okay. AC to DC back to AC, where the line interactive only switches when it's needed. Okay. Oh, I've already I've already learned so much. So then, how do I know what the correct size and type of UPS is for my business? Well, a quick reference is to try and understand um, how much amps you draw or the kilowatt or watts of your equipment. Luckily, most of your, our equipment's got a little power supply. If you flip the power supply around, it will tell you the power supply is 80 watts or 100 watts or whatever the case might be. Those are typically for all our appliances and PCs and desktops and so forth. If you go into larger buildings and you want to put a whole facility on a UPS, then obviously we'll start measuring the, the current draw for that building and then calculate it into into KVA or into kilowatts. Um, and then I think based on what you've said now already, I, I mean, I've learned new things today, but what we, and I'm sure you'll see this in the market that there's, there's uh, um, and I think based on the way that you started the conversation, there's a lot of misconceptions around around UPSs. So what do I need to consider when I, when I acquire UPS? Okay, so one of the very first is is your load. What is it you're powering and what is the rating of that load? So let's example, if you just want to power your little desktop PC, a small printer and a screen to that extent, you can work around anything, say, from 200 to 300 watts. So now we know the power draw. Now selecting what UPS we're going to size will determine on your runtime requires. So generally these entry-level units or standalone units, they go to give you 10, 15 minutes at full load. Generally at that lower load, you're probably going to get half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. But if your requirement now becomes a couple of hours, like I need two hours, three hours, four hours, then we need to look at a UPS that can take maybe additional battery packs to to make up for your runtime needs. Okay. So, and I mean, uh, I, and I think that was sort of the point I was wanting to get to is because we see it in, in our market where the minute the customer has a UPS um, installed, they almost um, – believe that they're immune to load shedding now where a lot of the time the that ups is just there to bridge that gap between the time when the generator kicks in or not and then like you say you know uh, i think what we also see is sometimes a ups might be there and it's picked for a certain amount of equipment and then when we get there they say oh the ups is not lasting and then we get in and off the the rest of the office is plugged into the ups yeah so so if you can think if you have a small load, say 200 watts, and you plug in an additional device and it takes the load up to 400 watts, which is nothing, you've doubled your load, which means you almost halved your, your backup time. So those are the important ones. You need to understand what is critical in your business. What do you need to keep powered? How long do you need to get powered up? Is it 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Is it an hour or two hours? And then obviously from our side, which is important, we need to know, is it a single-phase UPS or a three-phase UPS? Can I ask you a question on that note? Um, do, you, do you find that um, customers typically know those answers? I think most customers would know, especially in the industry. Home users, they probably not too sure. But as soon as they say it's for my home, we generally know that that will be single-phase. 
and then below the as well. So we know as soon as you start asking for above 10 kVA or that extent, it, it's typically going to be a free phase UPS. Okay. Um, and then, and then the, the, the times, the, the time span that they want that UPS to service them. I, I think to me, that's typically where people have misconceptions where they just expect, you know, entry level unit to just do miracles. Correct. And, and if you look at the technical fundamental for that UPS in terms of battery backup, like I said, any standalone UPS at full load of that UPS rating, you're looking at around 10 minutes. Okay. And you only get the longer run time on the smaller loads. So yeah, your little entry level standalone, it might power your little route or something at home for an hour, hour and a half. Um, but it's definitely not going to power it for four hours. Okay. Now that the next thing then is what determines the lifespan of a UPS? Because we also, we also see sometimes customers, they've, they've had the same UPS for like four years and then they get upset when it's not working properly. Yeah, so I think the lifespan of a UPS, the, the UPS itself is a little bit longer than that. But yeah, I think the way that the technology is moving and how the IT environment is moving, I think every seven to, to 10 years would be a, a good time to replace the UPS. But remember, there's the internal component of the UPS, which is your battery. So if you look at a battery's lifespan, it's typically three to five years for ah. a little nine ampere. So generally, what we're saying to the customer is you can replace that battery maybe after four years. And then when it needs that second battery, that is when you need to now make a decision. Are you just going to replace a battery again and then push the product to, you know, to its, to its own life cycle? Or are you going to then say, well, I'm not going to invest in another battery replacement or rather than uh, replace the entire unit, the entire unit. And I typically yeah. for single phase UPS, that's where you would replace. For your larger three phase UPS, you'll probably do a second battery replacement. But with that now, there's service agreements and there's certain components in the UPS that also needs to, to be uh, maintained. Um, and then how do I know when this, when that battery is not functioning properly anymore? So most of the UPSs uh, do have a, a battery test in it. Where it either will go on a weekly or monthly, it will quickly go on to battery and then test the battery and then hop back on and, and work again. And by that data, it can determine whether the batteries are still, still good or not. But ultimately, it, it, it's best to, to service those UPSs. At least if you know, listen, okay, it's, it's three years, four years, five years to start looking at it. If you're looking at a little bit higher end UPSs, um, um, like our single phase, the online UPSs, we do have a, um, a reminder in the UPS, which we will pop you up after maybe uh, three years or something that we warn you, listen, your battery, your unit is now three years old. Maybe it's a good time to have those batteries tested and, and checked. So, <clears throat> Yaku, what I wanted to ask you, if I'm now, um, my, my example that I always use on the show is, is I'm running a accounting practice in Centurion somewhere and um, I don't have anything. From a, from a backup power perspective, you, you referred now, let's say, to 10 or 15 minutes depending on the load. Mm-hmm. Um, can, I, can I have an uninterrupted power solution for, 
for four hours just using a UPS or do I need to do um, what do I need to do to, to make that picture complete? So generally that will be load related. So the smaller the load is, the easier it is to, to get those three hours, four hours with the UPS. So just to give you back to my example, if you just have a desktop, a screen and maybe a small uh, printer or something, it's quite easy. You can achieve four hours with a two KVA UPS and maybe one battery pack. Okay. Generally, those UPSs can take up to four battery packs. So on single-phase load, yeah, it's easy to do uh, two to four hours. When it gets to three-phase, that becomes a quite a costly exercise to try and on, on the bigger loads to do, um, you know, to do those type of runtime. That is generally when you look at big businesses or big data centers, they would have maybe 30 minutes worth of runtime. And then they have a generator behind it. So to give you a good idea, if you want 30 minutes on a 600 kVA load, you probably need a battery room the size of a single garage. That is the amount of space and batteries you need to power 600 kVA for 30 minutes. So you're not going to do four hours with batteries, yeah. but then the cost-effective solution behind it is then to have a generator okay. behind it. And and that almost leads perfectly into my ne- next question. So, um, can anybody install a UPS? Um, the plug and place, I would say, generally around a free KVA UPS. They all plug and play, uh, meaning you can unbox it, you plug it in, and you can power it up. Uh, as soon as you go five KVA and above, they are hardwired. Um, free face, uh, you would probably need a, a technician. From Eaton to come and um, commission your machine and, and start it up. Okay, and and then what are the the common mistakes or misconceptions that that you see that people make when acquiring uh, backup power for their business? All right. So generally, I think it it is um, bulk of the time oversizing it. Ah. Um, so we, we see a lot of UPSs, 10 kVA UPS, and the load only on it is 1 or 2 kVA. So we see a lot of oversizing, and that is just pure because um, you don't want to risk it to being too small. So they go to all the maximum values of all the power supplies, and they add 30% and a little bit of safety in there, and then eventually see that the, the UPS were, were oversized. Uh, for the application. So that are some of the common issues. Uh, other issues we're seeing more with um, the smaller units is the expected runtime where people think um, if they can just go forever or, or hours on end. Um, that's one. And then following up on that is people also don't understand how long it takes a UPS to recharge the batteries. So you ah. can... You can look at anything, I would say, depending on the size and the charger size for single-phase UPS. Look around six to eight hours to get the batteries charged to 90%. Right, from 90 to 100%, the UPS goes into a float mode and we float those batteries out for another 20, 24 hours. After that, the chemical makeup of a battery is then optimal again, and that internal battery is optimal to give you the full performance again. 
Right, and this is what guys don't understand. It can take six to eight hours to get it back to ninety percent. So, so if you if you have load shedding every four hours, uh, it it might be first uh, find the first uh, cycle, but the second cycle it might not last the same amount of time. Correct. So you're probably going to get your first one four hours, your second one two hours, and by the third time, depending how quick they're on, on it. But generally, those are just in extreme conditions like we were maybe this last week or couple of days. But generally, we have maybe one a day, two, or most of the time we have power. So it, it feels bad now with Eskim uh, for this last week. But if you, if you take it over, over a year period, uh, you know, we have bulk of the days we have full power. Yeah, it's actually not that bad. So, um, I think the, the last question for me then is, is once I have the correct size UPS, uh, what, what would be the next step? How do we, how do we make it real? So, so I, I'm, I've got my accounting practice. I listen to the show. Um, like you say, I, I've counted my power usage. Um, and I think I need a, Two or four KVA um, UPS. How do I? What's the steps to to get it working for me? Okay, so like I said, if it's if it's below three KVA, those are easy. It's plug and play. You plug your equipment in there. You distribute the power, and from there on uh, the UPS, you just start, and it should um, operate like what it's meant to do um, another thing what we see a lot of times is people forget actually to to look at the software that generally goes with the UPSs so if you if you're a small end user or home user you'll use a point to point so you'll on a desktop, you might use a USB cable for communication. If you're in a small business and you have a network in there, you'll probably need a network card with your UPS so that your UPS can communicate and tell you the status of it. Is it working? What is the battery? Are we on battery? Um, it just updates you. But it also takes care of your, your PC as well. Especially desktops. So remember, if your UPS can only give you two hours of battery backup and it's on battery, after two hours, the UPS is going to drop the load. And you don't want to be in a situation where you're, you don't have the software on there or you want to manually then remember, listen, okay, there's 10 minutes. I need to shut down my own PC. So if you install our software on onto your PC, we will take care of that for you. So when we reach end of battery backup, we can say, listen, we have a couple of options. Either we shut down your PC or we hibernate. Um, if we're in a proper cloud environment, which most uh, businesses are today, um, we can trigger even uh, with some of the software or operating systems, we can migrate that that server to another server that is available or wow. is not affected by power failures. So. And and what you're talking about now to me, uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's a thing that we consistently speak about um, in uh, uh, on the show um, that you get a, a component like a UPS, which is sort of ubiquitous. There's many brands and, and you can get a size and you can go and Google a price for it and try and buy the cheapest one but you have to understand what solution comes with it and when it's uh, crunch time ultimate, ultimately what 
what this um, device can do for you. And that software component is is a uh, is something I've I haven't seen even on people's radar out in the industry. Yeah, correct. That, that, that is important. So if you understand how powerful it is, especially nowadays that everything sits in the cloud, you know, almost the work from every, anywhere approach that you have. So you might sit at home, your server might be sitting in, in one office and you might have another backup server sitting in another office. It might not even be in the same region that the software then can can help you say, listen, you have issues, let's shut down and move those servers um, into another server that is available. And you as an end user or you as a user on the backside, um, you would not even know that that transfer is working. Maybe for a minute or two, you'll see your processing power slightly slower, but then it will be business as usual. Wow, that's fantastic. So if I've, in my accounting practice of 30, let's say I've got 30 users and I want an, I don't know where to start and I need an expert opinion. Can I, um, can I reach out to Eaton and let him come and have a look or how would that typically work? Yeah, correct. So you can reach out to, to Eaton, but you can also reach out to all our uh, distributors and resellers. Um, they can also assist. Um, otherwise we can also gladly help you. Okay, fantastic. So we'll put that details up later when we, when we, um, finalize the podcast. For me, I think that's the, the, Critical portion is, is if we understand what the solution can deliver, we understand what the right uh, solution is to buy. And, um, as all of the things that we talk about on the show, it's not just purely a price exercise. So talking about price. So I just like to mention that we have a brand new uh, product out. We call it the little 3S mini DC UPS. That product is purely designed to charge small little DC um, uh, equipment like um, routers, Wi-Fi, and and IP camera. So if you do not have a budget to um, to put a big system in and to drive four hours and so forth, what you can at least do, you take this little DC UPS and you plug either where you have fiber or LTE router in and you power those devices with that small little DC UPS and that's got a little two, 200, 2000 milliamp lithium ion batteries in and that thing can power your router for four hours so the lights might be off or anything but as long as the Wi-Fi is on and uh, you have connectivity you know the kids might have a smile on their face well with this work from home scenario I mean I was thinking actually this morning if you think uh, to to sit in a, at, at home in the middle of the day for four hours and do nothing, I mean it's it's massively detrimental for your productivity. So that sounds like a like a like an awesome scenario. Yaku, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of their episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And remember, if you uh, want to know more about what Catalytic can offer, please visit catalytic.co.za.